0: As we finalize the game plan to beat the New York Giants on Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium, we're opening up this episode of Locked On Dolphins for all of your most pressing questions at the one-quarter mark of the 2023 season.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right. My Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On Phil Scouting. You find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in on a daily basis because we don't just say we live it. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match of up to $100. So we're still in the process of watching the film of the New York Giants and their season to date. Uh, and you'll get that episode a little later today, which is finalizing what the game plan is going to look like to beat the Giants. But right now I'm also focused on the one quarter mark of the season and all of your pressing questions. So what I did was I solicited the locked on dolphin subtext. And if you're interested in joining, it's a couple bucks a month. You can text directly with me. You get access to our group chat, uh, film notes and observations, game day chat, so on and so forth. Cancel anytime throughout the first two weeks. If you don't like it, it's not for you. No big deal. But if you like it, it's a couple bucks a month. The, uh, Link is in the show description to sign up. And I asked him, like, what do you want to talk about? We're a quarter of the way through the season. And I got about 35 questions. I can't promise I'm going to get 35 questions answered here on the show, but we'll do them all as best we can. Starting with this one. Is there a pathway to an Austin Jackson contract extension? And I'd have laughed at you if you told me the answer was yes, four or five months ago. But yet here we are and Austin Jackson has gone against Bosa and Mac. He's gone against Matthew Judon. He's gone against uh, Gregory Rousseau and Leonard Floyd. And I think he's looked pretty good, pretty consistently good. He has been a high floor and high ceiling performer. Now he hasn't been completely consistent. There haven't been, there have not been, No lapses in fundamentals and technique and strike timing and hand placement and all of the things that Austin really struggled with early on in his career. But yes, now I don't think there's a pathway to an extension in season for Austin Jackson, but I can absolutely see this team getting to the end of the year and this play if it sustains itself all throughout the season. Then you'll have the Dance of Dragons, right? Where it's Austin wants a big money contract as a starting blindside protector of one of the best offenses in football, assuming the trajectory continues the way that it does. And the Dolphins will say, yeah, but the sample size, we want to protect ourselves as best as we can and not overcommit off a small, disproportionately small sample size. I think you could probably see a very... Uh, logical middle ground to be had. And middle ground was found in a number of uh, free agent contracts with with players returning to their teams as players who had questions on the offensive line but had given you reasonable performance. So to answer the question, yes, I I do see a pathway for Austin Jackson getting a contract extension to continue being a member of the team, and I never would have thought we'd be here, but we are. And he's earned it with what he did in the first month of the season. Uh, our next question, is there any possibility that Randy Gregory would make sense for the Dolphins to which I would say, no, um, I think Randy Gregory, uh, as a idea is probably better than what the actual Randy Gregory product has been. Uh, he was a high ceiling player. He kind of flashed in small spurts, um, But he's like one year into like a $70 million contract. And they didn't just cut him because they wanted to focus on younger players. They wanted to uh, move on from that contract and and expedite that process. I think the price point, I think the skill set, I don't think Randy Gregory addresses what a Jalen Phillips, Andrew Van Giggle, Bradley Chubb, pass rush trio. And I know everybody's up Bradley Chubb right now because the pass rush productivity has not been there without Jalen Phillips. Let's judge this group with Jalen Phillips on the field. Let's see if that happens on Sunday. Um, nice question. Assuming Jalen Phillips is healthy, do you think Adrian Giggle plays more inside linebacker or continues playing on the edge? you got to play him on the edge and maximize him, right? That's where my thought process would be. He's clearly better there. He spent his entire NFL career on the edge as a speed sub-package pass rusher. I think that makes the most sense. I think you can find ways to get your best players on the field in your obvious pass rush situations, but if you're going to do that, enemy good goal has to be on the field for me personally. What's up with Cam Smith is our next question. I think Cam Smith's a second round rookie who's playing in an incredibly complex defense that is in requirement of proving to the coaches that he is mentally ready to execute because you saw what happened on Sunday, and Cam Smith obviously didn't play, so I'm not putting anything on Camp Smith. But I thought you saw communication breakdowns for the Dolphins' defense against Buffalo on Sunday, week four. And you saw what that looked like. A lot of chunk plays, a lot of explosives, uh, a lot of quick scores because people are turning guys loose and two people are running with the same guy. Eyes aren't in the right place. So if you're Cam Smith and you're an eager, aggressive corner who wants to make plays and is going to try to trigger on the ball, but the calls and the assignments and the zone match and understanding coverage rules, like there's a lot of layers to it. Now, I think there's a ceiling to be had long-term with getting Cam Smith some reps and hopefully that can start to happen. But I... I'm not surprised, and I know everybody's a little stung because Channing Tindall was drafted last year in the third round and hardly played and still is not playing, so I get it. But I'm not worried about Cam Smith. I do think it's it's natural for especially players outside the first 50 picks in the NFL draft to take a little bit of time, kind of marinate. Our next question has to do with Jeff Wilson. Where does Jeff Wilson fit? in the Dolphins' running back field, is a great question. I don't know. I would be very interested if the Dolphins end up choosing to keep all of these backs because they made the decision to keep Chris Brooks, and obviously that was with the understanding Jeff Wilson was going to miss some time. But you got Devon Achan, you got Raheem Mostert, you got Savon Ahmed, you got a fullback in the mix, you got Chris Brooks, like you got bodies. I'm not sure where Jeff Wilson is going to fit into the mix and his, his 21 day uh, activation window has not opened. So they're going to continue. We are going to continue to play the waiting game as it pertains to uh, Jeff Wilson. Our next question. Tony Romo had mentioned on the broadcast of the game that the bills were in a palms coverage. How easy or difficult is that for other teams to try to replicate and how do the Dolphins game plan around it? Okay, so Palms coverage is either cover two or it's a kind of site zone defense. It's either cover two or cover for four depending on the route distribution of uh, the wide receivers. Now here's the good news. If you understand that a team is playing palms, you can attack their coverage rules in the same way that uh, palms is designed to attack certain route combinations. So you just have to anticipate: is the corner squatting? An outside corner is squatting. He's reading through to number two, the number two eligible receiver, and he is looking to catch anything that breaks outside. And if it breaks outside, a I nice squat. If everything's vertical, then I'm going to play my deep quarter. Um, The Tua tonga touchdown pass against the Browns uh, to Trent Sherfield last year. Tua talked about that play after the game and said he felt that the Browns were in palms coverage and just peaked just to make sure that uh, the corner was going to cheat just a little bit. And he froze for a half a step. And will put the ball up over the top and put a ball exactly where it needed to be for Trent Shurfield to t- catch touchdown pass. So uh, as long as you know it's coming, you can use route combinations that test the rules of that coverage, just like any other coverage itself. We are going to continue on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. We're going to dive into more of your most pressing questions, so stick with us. But before we go any further on the program, got to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dog's bird dogs i'm a big subscriber of the idea that you got to look good to play good and bird dogs is definitely cut from the same cloth get it bird dogs are the shorts that make you feel good their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look and their shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but better they've fixed the issue of stiff stuffy shorts by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like hackery but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL or enter promo code NFL at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That is birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL for free Bird Dog water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Our next question is more of a statement, but it is a good one. Well, since we ruined the undefeated season, do you think we can finish 16-1, run the table, and win the Super Bowl? Joking or am I? Uh, I have a hot take. I don't think this will be the only bit of adversity that the Dolphins take this season. Adversity can be good, right? You either roll on or get rolled on uh, as far as the the tough get going. But the NFL season is a marathon and the Dolphins have already endured the Jalen Ramsey injury. They've endured a loss, a tough loss, an embarrassing loss to a divisional rival. They've endured multiple Toronto Armstead injuries. um, And yet they are in a very promising place Again, Playing your best football in September is cool, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't sustain it. The Dolphins are nowhere near playing their best football. I think that's the most thrilling part. Uh, So do I think they're going to run the table? No. But do I think that there's so much room for improvement that you should still have every aspiration of what you hope this Dolphin season could be? Yes, I I do. Our next question. I think we're going to be fine at left tackle with Kendall Lamb in the absence of Teron Armstead. However, Eichenberg was an utter disaster on Sunday. Do you think the team brings in a vet at some point to back up Connor Williams? No, uh, I I think it would have to be a very dire situation uh, with multiple injuries in the offensive line it's just because I know people are going to point to Ben Jones and J.C. Treder, who's lost like 100 pounds since he's not playing anymore. Uh, the guys that are out there, the vast majority of them are out there because they're on their last legs. And... Whether it's Lester Cotton or Connor Williams, or like maybe they would go out and trade for a center if something really bad happened to Connor Williams, they're going to knock on wood that we see him on Sunday against the Giants and it's totally fine. Um, I don't think like the Ben Joneses of the world are a resolution. I think those players are the interior offensive line equivalent of everybody pining for the Dolphins to sign. Eric Fisher last year. And lo and behold, the Dolphins signed Eric Fisher and he didn't make it through a week of practice before he got hurt and was out for the year. Like that's my expectation for those household names that you see that are 33, 34, 35 years old that are still out there on the free agent market on spot track or over the cap. I'd be very surprised if they signed a meaningful center. Now, could they acquire somebody? Sure. Are we going to sit here and wring our hands out about the Dan Feeney. Uh, trade. I I think if you knew you were going to miss Connor Williams for an extended period of time, you probably don't trade Dan Feeney, but it doesn't sound like Connor Williams, at least at this stage, is facing missing extended time. Our next question. The number one thing that must happen for Miami to reach its potential this season. Oh, this is a good question. The the low hanging fruit is to a tongue of a low. It stays healthy, right? He's on pace for 5,500 yards. Or four games. I'll say that again. He's on pace for 5,500 yards and he's faced Bill Belichick and he's faced the Buffalo Bills once. I'll take it. <laughs> um, if you told me you got 17 games of two, I'd say this is probably a 12-win team even with all the questions defensively that this team has right now because the light bulb's going to come on. It's It might not be the ceiling of what you were hoped it would be defensively. I certainly think missing Jalen Phillips and Jalen Ramsey as two of your best players on the defensive side of the ball, their absence is felt. And you haven't played with Ramsey yet. You're probably looking at at least another month without Jalen Ramsey. At the earliest, Ramsey is an X-factor player who's a positionless defender who unlocks a lot and allows the personnel that you do have to be put in better positions to have success. So get Jalen Ramsey back and looking something like Jalen Ramsey and Tua to a tongue of a low, healthy. I think those two things are the critical components for maximizing uh, the Dolphins potential this season. I've seen commentary from other fan bases that the Fangio defense was quote unquote figured out two years ago. I don't know enough details about his coaching tree and history to understand what they're talking about. Any thoughts to what they're referring to? Uh, so the Fangio fad uh, really caught fire uh, because of the success that they had in attacking Sean McVay. And that Sean McVay, when he was first there and golf caught fire and the Rams were a juggernaut, nobody could figure out how to handle and defend that offense. And Vic was the first guy to really put out the game plan and the strategy to attack that. Well, the ideology of it, I think in a lot of cases it still works. Uh, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, high level processing quarterbacks with the arm strength to attack down the field that you are going to play passive against. That is the downside to playing the guys who are capable of reading a defense completely after the snap and have the arm strength to not necessarily be super high anticipators, but still be able to throw with velocity and hit windows one time, they're going to have success unless you do something drastically different. And in the aftermath of the game on Sunday, that was the first thing that I said was not the, the system is broken. My hot take is I don't, I don't think the next two teams, the Giants and the Panthers, score a combined 30 points against the Dolphins because they don't have the infrastructure and highly successful offenses or high-level quarterback play. When you go against high-level quarterback play, I do think to some degree you have to be able to dictate terms or else you need to have a monster defensive front because the, the core of the figured out Fangio system is this. The defensive fronts and structures are largely all the same. So if I'm going to create a game plan, to attack Vic Fangio's defense. And the talking point is, well, I know on first and 10, if I go 12 personnel, they're going to go with a tight front, which is three down linemen, two stand-up outside linebackers, base 3-4 defense. Anything else, it's going to be nickel. And the distribution of the offensive lineman, it tells you what gaps are open. And depending on what gaps are open, tells you what defensive secondary player is rotating down to get into the run fit. So it it just gives you kind of a template to launch your entire game plan for the week, but you still have to go out and execute. Now I think elite quarterbacks can, and I think that's why Vic Fangio has to do something different in some of those situations. That's just my, my two cents on that front. Now our next question is a hybrid. Uh, there's a dolphins related topic and there's a, a me related topic. How do you balance being a toddler and newborn dad with your employment commitments? (laughs) And what do you guess we do in regards to new talent during the remainder of the season? Do we stand pad or look for outside help? Thanks for your dedication. Uh, it's my pleasure. I I have a blast. You don't, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, right? Um, I'll use last night as an example. Um, last night being Thursday night, my wife and I with the newborn, we take shifts and uh i had the late shift now i got up i did my film work i started prepping for the giants watching the all 22 if the baby needed to be changed or needed to be fed i would feed him swaddle him change him put him back down and i'd keep working on film and then he'd 90 minutes later decide he needed to do it all over again and you do it all over again um, and then I'd sleep during the day when we had help or, or when my, my daughter, uh, who will be three at the end of the year, uh, is at daycare and my wife's able or it's on shift effectively as being as far as being a parent for the newborn, allowing me to do my stuff with my work. So it's, um, it takes a village as the saying goes, as far as what Miami does, I'd be surprised if Miami completely stands pat. I think they, they are going to look at the opportunities this season, especially for the next couple of weeks. Go the way it has the potential of going. If you're going to look up and it's going to be the third week in October and you're going to be potentially looking at five and one, how do you not look to make an opportunity to find another needle moving player? Maybe not a cornerstone player, maybe not a quality starter, but assess what we have, assess what our injuries are. Let's bring somebody in. Uh, That's kind of been how they've operated historically. So that would be my... My two cents as far as them adding. I'd be surprised if they didn't add anybody. Now we have a, we have a bunch more questions. Uh we're gonna get to them as much as we possibly can here on Locked On Golf and stick with us. But before we go any further, if you are interested in getting in on some daily fantasy sports, Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it is you against the numbers, not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more or less on two to six player projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is a ton of fun. You can win up to 25 times your money. You can test your skills on Prize Picks this football season. In the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, uh, you can make your selections in less than 60 seconds. And with quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of player and stat types, Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.comslash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. For a first deposit match of up to $100, says prizepicks.com, locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to
1: $100. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: So, our next question. When it comes to a battle of wits, I like Mike McDaniel's chances against other coaches in the NFL. But if there was a battle of physical combat between NFL coaches, is there anyone that Mike McDaniel could get the better of? Dan Campbell wouldn't last a minute. Robert Sala, no way. Even though Belichick is old, he would likely be bringing a shiv. Could McDaniel beat anyone as our coaching gladiator? i would say Matt LaFleur. I'll say Matt LaFleur, who I like Matt LaFleur. But Matt LaFleur is not built particularly different than Mike McDaniel, but he's got a little bit more of like the GQ look. So I think Mike, can uh, to, to quote too, I think he'd get a little bit more scrappy than Matt LaFleur. Uh, congrats on the baby boy. Thank you for pushing through and giving us all the amazing content. Thank you. Uh, crazy question. What do you think will happen to Wilson and Ahmed now that HN has balled out for two straight weeks? Is Wilson being activated um, in the near future? Uh so obviously we we had this question I'd be interested to know if Miami would have an opportunity to move one of these backs I'm not saying that they will but you certainly have a numbers situation and I do think the way that the cap breaks itself out if a team needed a physical back would you trust Chris Brooks and move Jeff Wilson and save some funds and potentially get a, a modest return Would you elevate Jeff Wilson and try to push Chris Brooks to your practice squad? I don't know. I certainly don't think you can activate another back and carry all these backs and justify the the distribution of the number of backs on the roster. One of the keys to a deep playoff run, dare I say a Super Bowl, is to get hot and healthy at the right time. That's exactly right. Glad you said it, not me. No one can predict the future, but Miami seems to be setting themselves up for such a run. The intersection of getting healthy and hot could very well hit after week nine or 10. Am I being a delusional Homer? No, Uh, it depends on what they ultimately end up choosing to do with Teron Armstead. Uh, I would not be surprised if they're still conservative with Jalen Phillips, who I know said he talked to the media this week, said he hopes to play in week five. Um, It reminds me of what San Francisco's done a couple of times where they end up playing in the conference championship game, they kind of float around. Now, Miami hasn't just floated around either. They Like, they've won games. Um, But I, I agree with the sentiment wholeheartedly. The challenge is getting better on a daily basis, improving your results, winning enough games in the process of reaching your peak, and then sustaining your peak at the end of the year as long as possible. Like, we've mentioned Jalen Ramsey and his potential impact. Uh, Teron Armstead. Is he going to go on IR? I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. Could you potentially see him in Philly in Week Seven or, or New England in Week Eight? That would be the reason to not put him on IR. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's anywhere close to playing. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think this is the right thought process to have. I'm enjoying the ride for the time being. Understanding there's going to be adversity, there's going to be bumps, there's going to be a loss that that hurts to take, like the one that just happened last week. What gives you any confidence? that Tua can win big games against quality defensive teams like the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, or 49ers because it's a team game. Now, at the end of the day, you have to play better defense than, than what you did. Miami very easily could have scored 30, 31 points against the Bills. That should be enough to win you a lot of football games. They left points out there because they were chasing touchdowns because the defense could not get a stop. But you got the ball back after a touchdown to start the second half and cut it to 11, and then you held them to a field goal. You got the ball back down 14 with a chance to cut it to a one-score game. That's when the interception unfortunately happened uh, in this most recent script. I think the challenge is, is Buffalo. Obviously, there's a familiarity there. Uh, Tua himself did not have a good game the last time he played the 49ers. Um, but I think the supporting cast, I think Tua and his individual growth, I think the familiarity in the system, they should they they should have scored 30 points because they bypassed a field goal and they had a touchdown called back off the board for Liam Eikenberg for penalty. They, they, as far as I'm concerned, the, the offensive performance, there were some miscues. Playing in Buffalo, I think the bigger question is how does this team respond to the crowd noise that seemed to really throw such a wrench in their communication? Um, And that was was something that they talked about a lot throughout the course of the week. I have about 15 more questions. (laughs) Um, I will take one more here and then the rest I will will text you all individually for those of you who sent questions in. And it's this. The Finns beat the teams they should beat. That's step one. Can they beat the teams that are challenging, like Philly, in a few weeks? If if the Dolphins are going to have legitimate postseason hype, yeah, I think you're going to have to have a Hallmark win. And the Hallmark win could be Philadelphia. The Hallmark win could be Kansas City. The Hallmark win could be Dallas. The hallmark win could be Buffalo at home. Baltimore's kind of floating on that fringe. We'll see what that team looks like late in the year. But if we're going to get to the postseason, Miami's going to punch a ticket, and people are going to say, hey, you have to really watch the Dolphins and take them seriously. I do think you're going to have to win one of those games. At least one. We'll see what they do. I'll be texting the rest of you who sent questions, and I appreciate everybody who sent in questions for the mailbag. We still have to do our uh, game plan to beat the bills. I'm finishing the tape and in the process of finalizing that. So keep an eye out for that to come out in the very near future. Again, today as well. I'm Kyle Krabs. I am out of here. It's your team every day here on the lockdown network. I appreciate all of you guys for checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you are interested in joining the lockdown dolphin subtext, there is a link in the show description for you. A couple bucks a month. Check it out cancel in the first two weeks free no no questions asked but uh we're building a really nice community here and it's been great to to get to know so many Dolphins fans who are as passionate about this football team as I am and I'm looking forward to talking about the next game and getting back on the horse getting back into club dub in week five which will come on our next show fins up